Hey. Yeah. I can hear you. Hey guys, uh, welcome back to another edition of Fired Up Sports. It's been a while. Here, second semester of freshman year for me and Bryson. A rough time, but we are right on the heels of the NFL draft. Uh, one of the most intriguing draft classes I think we've seen in the last couple of years, and I'll get your opinions on them here in a minute. But as always, uh, my name is Evan Smoke. I am a freshman at UGA, and I am resident fire here. A uh, little bit of a hot take, try to mediate, uh, and joined as always is by my back home buddy, Bryson Wheeler. And uh, so today we're going to talk about the NFL draft because it's starting tomorrow, but I like you said about very intriguing draft, I agree on the offensive side of the ball. The defense side, this isn't the best draft for, you know, for a defense player. I don't see a defense player being picked in the top ten possibly. If there yeah. is, it would probably be the Cowboys or the Panthers going with a defense player. But now the offense side, the quarterback, the wide receiver class, amazing. Offense line, really good class. See, you know, the Jaguars, they're – I say that now my favorite team. I really don't watch the NFL too much just because I – and I do because of fantasy football. If it wasn't for that, I wouldn't watch it much. So I've never had a true favorite team. But now it's the Jaguars because they're close and getting my favorite player, Trevor Lawrence. But I'm ready to see what happens tomorrow. Yeah, and, t- and tell the uh, audience what we're going to do today. You know, give a little breakdown of how we're going to run this episode real quick. That way we can get on going with our picks. Okay, so last night, me and Evan, we split up the odd and even picks. He had all the even picks. I had all the odd. And we just went, like, if we were the GM of this team, who would we pick? So I had the number one pick with the Jaguars and the number three with the 49ers and so on. And he had the reverse. And we're just going, not what we think will happen, but who will we pick? And then we'll break down each pick. And um, what we're going to do, Bryson, is uh, you have the list. I don't have it pulled up in front. I've got it right here. I would like you to announce every pick, and then if it's your pick, please uh, do your background information on it. If it's my pick, I will do my uh, discussion on it as well. All right, and with the first pick of the 2021 NFL Draft, the Jacksonville Jaguars will take Trevor Lawrence, and that is the correct pick. I've been raving about this kid since his 10th grade year in high school. He is the best quarterback prospect I've ever seen, and – I mean, he has a great arm, great accuracy, great decision-making. He really does not have much of a flaw. He can run the ball. He's just the perfect NFL quarterback. Big guy, what is he, 6'5", 230? I mean, he's huge. Just, I, I don't know how you could make a better quarterback like in a lab. He's just exactly what you want. No, I mean, Trevor Lawrence is going to go number one tomorrow night. It's the right pick. It's the easiest pick I think someone's had to make in the last couple of years. Mm. But besides all that, I think the biggest question I have, it's not even really a question, it's just a little bit of intrigue, is how does Trevor respond in Jacksonville? I mean, yes, the play of talent he will be surrounded might have been better than Clemson, but Clemson was the alpha dog of college football. And when Cartersville, even in high school, I mean, they were decent to state championships because of Trevor. So, like, Jacksonville is not ready to win a Super Bowl next year. So, I wonder how that little bit of adversity will affect him. Yeah, I get where you're going. Okay, so the second pick of the draft, the New York Jets select Zach Wilson. And I took Wilson here. um, Even though I have him as a lower-rated quarterback than Justin Fields, I take Wilson 
because I think he's the fit for New York. New York uh, just got out of a thing with Sam Darnold, and I understand that they changed quarterbacks. But Robert Saller, Salih, I, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, um, is coming out of the 49ers offensive scheme. Um, I don't know exactly who the offensive coordinator, offensive coordinator is up there. But besides all that, he's been a disciple under Kyle Shanahan. Um, so you know Kyle Shanahan runs with Jimmy Garoppolo. He, he ran with Matt Ryan. He's ran with these very prototypical stock passer quarterbacks. Um, not that he couldn't handle Fields, but I think Zach Wilson, who I would rank as 2B, like I don't think him and Fields are that far off. I think he's going to be the pick in New York. I think he's the right pick for New York, and it's going to be an interesting time to see, you know, the, you know, the BYU boy go to Gotham. Well, you know my thoughts on Zach Wilson. I'm not really high on him. I actually have him as my fifth-ranked quarterback. Now, could I be wrong? Absolutely, and I will eat every word I've said about him. But when he plays good competition, he does not rise to the top. He again, I don't remember if it's top 25 competition or what it was, but he was one one touchdown to seven interceptions in his college career against, I think it was top 25 teams. And that's not good at all. So I'm just worried about that and his decision-making sometimes. He has great talent, but we'll just have to see what he does at the NFL level, especially on a bad team like the Jets. Yeah. And the number three pick, the San Francisco 49ers select Justin Fields. It's crazy to me. When the football season ended, Justin Fields was everyone's number two quarterback off the board. Now he's slipped to three, four, five. I mean, it doesn't make much sense to me. I think that he's really talented. Yes, he struggles with progression sometimes, but I think he'd be a great fit, the 49ers, and I think that they could compete for a Super Bowl if he develops like he's capable. And while I agree with you, because I think Justin Fields, like I said, is the second-best quarterback in this draft, um, and while – we both agree. If we were the GM, we're taking Fields at three. That's not what's going to happen. Um, I think it's almost a written in stone. Uh, Trey Lance might have something to say about it, but I'm pretty sure Alabama quarterback Mac Jones is going to go three. He's the prototypical uh, Kyle Shanahan, you know, type quarterback, just like I was talking back with Zach Wilson. He's the Matt Ryan. He's the Jimmy Garoppolo. While I don't believe he has as much talent as either of those two guys I just mentioned, he is that field and he is that player. Um so it's going to be very intriguing to see, one, if they take Lance. And if they do take Lance, why would they take Lance over Fields? But more than likely than not, I think Mac Jones will be a 49er tomorrow night. Yeah, I totally agree. I'm just – if I was the 49ers, I'm taking Justin Fields. And the fourth overall pick, you have the Denver Broncos trading up with the Falcons to get Trey Lance. Yeah. And and I think this is uh I think this is a possibility. This is what I would do if I was Atlanta. Um, more than likely, you're gonna see him stay and take uh, Kyle Pitts, um, which I understand. But I I'm not completely sold on the let's load the offensive ball up and not fix the defense. And um I know it's gonna sound hypo- hypocritical, but like I think you either take a quarterback or trade down. And you're like, well, taking a quarterback doesn't fix the defense either. Yes, but in two years when Matt Ryan leaves, you're going to be sitting there and you're going to have Justin Fields or Trey Lance. Or don't take Mac Jones. That's, that's, my, that's my caveat. Don't take Mac Jones. You're yes, going to agree. trade down. <laughs> but yeah. I don't know. It is, like, I get it. You can get a quarterback in two years, but I don't know how high Atlanta's going to pick again. 
But, you know, I think Denver really wants a quarterback. And if they see Fields go off the board at three, and it's just going to be Mac Jones and Trey Lance, who teams behind them have already expressed interest in, like the uh, – excuse me, the the football team, the Patriots, and they've been actively trying to move up to take those two guys. I think Broncos pull the trigger, give up a little bit more than they were hoping to. And um, Trey Lance is a phenomenal athlete. He's got 42 touchdowns. Uh, I've seen – is it zero turnovers or two turnovers? I've seen both. I know it was zero interceptions. He may have fumbled twice or something, but it was zero interceptions. What zero interceptions? I'm pretty sure I think it's two fumbles. I mean, I understand he played at North Dakota State, and the last time we did this was Carson Wentz. But Carson Wentz before injuries was having an MVP caliber season. Trey Lance is raw. He needs to go sit somewhere, and I think he would do a lot in Denver. While Drew Locke isn't the best mentor, he's something. He's someone to sit there and watch and – um. I just think it's going to be a great fit out there with Trey Lance, especially because he could throw the ball so high. The mile-high air is going to be wonderful for him uh, once he gets acclimated to it. I think that's going to be an interesting, interesting combo. And I think Denver just let it pass up, so they make the move to go to four. Well, I love Trey Lance. I was really high on him at the beginning of this year, but I think this year layoff could hurt him a little, but I'm really interested to see what he could do. And at number five, I have the Bengals taking Panay Sewell. The Sewell. I have trouble saying his name sometimes. But he's one of the best offensive linemen prospects that we've seen in a while. He is a big guy, really good footwork, quick. He doesn't have many flaws either. I just think he's the correct fit for the Bengals to build that offensive line for Joe Burrow. Well, I mean, they, they've got to build the line for Joe Burrow. I mean, Joe Burrow played, what, four games and got his knee destroyed to Tim Buck two and back? Yeah. I mean, they in the promotional photo, it's him sitting on the throne, and the scar from his knee is just gnarly. Yeah. You got to take him. Yeah. It's got to be Sewell. I don't see any way you don't take him. You need somebody to protect Joe Burrow. I mean, I get the, like, Kyle Pitts isn't off the board. I get going after him. I get trying to get Jamar Chase right here, but you've got to take Sewell if you're the Cincinnati Bengals, I think. Yep. And at six, you have the Miami Dolphins taking Jalen Waddle. Yes. Um, I think Waddle not only is going to be the pick, I think he's the better pick. Reason being is he's got the championship pedigree. Um, Jamar Chase opted out this year, correct? Yes. That's what yeah. I thought. Yeah. I mean, Waddle was hurt, but he was at least out there. He was still active. He was coming back. He was rehabilitating. He's in shape. Not that Jamar Chase is out of shape, but I think that – I think if you're Miami, you need somebody – who can help now because who's Miami's number one wide receiver? Like Will Fuller. Will Fuller? Yes. Uh, great player, but, you know, Waddle, they need somebody young. And I think the Waddle reuniting with Tua Tagovailoa would be very nice, a little nice, you know, gimmick for their quarterback, a little like, hey, we believe in you. Here's one of your old college teammates back. Um, I think Waddle is the guy to go to the Dolphins at six. Yeah, I – I can see that, but at number seven, I have who I think is the best wide receiver in the draft, and it's Jamar Chase. He put up better numbers than Justin Jefferson, uh, not this past year, the year before at LSU, and we see how Justin Jefferson's faring. So yeah. I, I'm really interested to see what Jamar Chase can do, and the the Lions need everything, but especially a wide receiver losing Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay this year. Yeah. All right, eight, you have the Carolina Panthers taking Micah Parsons. 
Yeah, this pick was very confusing. Um, I saw multiple different ways. I saw maybe a trade up to get a quarterback, like maybe New England or Washington or Chicago's comes to eight to get Mac Jones. Um, I think they could take Kyle Pitts, you know, to replace Greg Olson. But I think they take defense, especially because they've been addressing offense most of the most of the offseason. And I took Micah Parsons because I believe he is the best raw defensive player. Now, there is some character issues. There is some does he work hard enough questions. But I think Micah Parsons – it's going to be Micah Parsons or Rashawn Slater, I think, you know, especially in the real draft. When yeah, Kyle Pitt, I agree. Jones are already gone. But I took Parsons here in this mock just because I think he's a better quality player and he's more impactful right now than Slater is. I agree. He's the best defense prospect in this draft class, in my opinion, as well. And at number nine, I have the Atlanta Falcons taking my Kyle Pitts out of Florida. He is insane. If you have not watched this guy, please go watch him. He He's a tight end that plays like a wide receiver, but he weighed in at 6'6", 246, with the longest wingspan of any tight end wide receiver ever. Runs a four four forty. I mean, he's just perfect. He's going to be an absolute beast. He's the best pass catcher in this class, and I'm ready to see what he can do, especially in offense like that. Absolutely. Uh, right. where'd you, there you, you good? are. Yeah, I, I got you. I can hear you. I don't know if you can hear me, but yeah, I mean, he's the best pass catcher in this draft. No, like don't don't I don't care about Waddle or Chase. He's the best pass catcher in this draft. And when Atlanta probably probably you know eventually takes uh Cal Pitts four tomorrow night, there's not much I can complain about. Maybe it's not the pick I would have done, but it's the safe pick. He's going to be good. He's going to be awesome, and he's going to be something that the t- it's going to help the team. Um, I don't know about how much, but it definitely will help. Um, and for Atlanta to trade back, still get him in this mock draft is the ideal situation. Now, would this probably happen tomorrow night on draft night? I mean, we did it, and I consider us pretty intelligent people when it comes to the jet, with the GM draft room, but I don't know. I'm, there's probably, he probably doesn't slide all the way down to nine. Yeah, I don't see him falling past probably five or six, but with the Broncos trading up for a quarterback, it could very well happen because the Dolphins don't exactly need a tight end. They have Mike Gusecki. The Lions don't need a tight end. They have Hawkinson. So, I mean, do the Panthers take him? I, I don't know. He could yeah. – if if they the Broncos trade up for a quarterback, it very well could happen that he falls to nine. And to round out our top ten, you have the Cowboys taking Patrick Sertan. Yeah, um – I don't really know much about this pick. I did this pick more on what I've heard than what I know. Um, Sertan is supposedly the number one corner in this draft. Uh, I don't know if I agree with that, but we'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, But he is a good player. He comes from the Alabama pedigree. And I keep saying that, but Nick Saban creates stars. Not only does he win championship, he creates stars. They translate pretty decently into the NFL um, outside. The only really big bust I can remember is Trent Richardson, and that's because he ate 300 pounds worth of food and got bigger. <laughs> yeah, him and uh, Eddie Lacy. Okay. Just don't be a running back from Alabama. But Lacy well, at least – I wouldn't say that. I mean, Kenyon Drake, Josh Jacobs, uh, 
Alvin Kamara even went there. Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry. To, he produces. Yeah. So, I think Sertan is going to be the pick, you know, because Jerry Jones is just like, oh, he's an Alabama quarterback. We need one of those. Just get him. Um, and I think he's probably the right pick for the defensive scheme for the Cowboys. Um, yeah, I just – we're getting more into picks now where I, like, I don't exactly know who I would pick, but we're getting into places where I'm like, yeah, that's that's what's going to happen. Yeah, well, Sertan struggles a little bit in uh, man coverage. He's a great I, cover corner, but he struggles man. Florida exposed him with that. Trevon Grimes and Kyle Pitts had field days when they were guarded by him. And that worries me a little bit. I think Caleb Farley is the best corner in this draft, even with all the health issues that they're saying. I just think Caleb Farley is a lot better. He's a real physical corner. I think will translate to the next level really well. But at number 11, I have the New England Patriots trading up to take Mac Jones. Now, I'm not exactly the highest on Mac Jones, but the Patriots really need a quarterback. And I think to get one of these top five quarterbacks, they're going to have to trade up. And I think this is the spot where they do. Mac Jones is an accurate passer with a pretty well arm, but he does not move the best. And, but neither did Tom Brady. And we saw what he did with the Patriots. I think just a smart, Game-managing quarterback could do really well with the Patriots right there. So, I think Mac Jones is probably the correct pick there. Yeah, I think – and I think that is the obvious place Mac Jones should go. If Mac Jones is going to go in the first round, he needs to go to New England because Denver can't, you know, develop him like, well, San Francisco might, but San Francisco's just not got a great history of that. Atlanta's not going to take him. I sure hope not. Um, and then, you know, the first two in Jacksonville and New York are locked in with Wilson and Lawrence. Um, I saw a quote the other day. I can't remember if it was on the ESPN mock draft or the CBS Sports mock draft. And it said, Mac Jones is the most Tom Brady prospect since Tom Brady. And the reason I'm saying that is not because that he's going to achieve, you know, Tom Brady stardom, but he's got the similar skill set that he had coming out of college. And, you know, if you give Belichick a Tom Brady light player, like maybe something happens, you know? Mm-hmm. I think to go to New England um, for him to have a successful NFL career, though. Yeah, I got you. All right. And after this pick, I'll kind of just skip over some and go over just the important ones. But I want you to talk about this pick. At number 12, you have the Eagles taking Devontae Smith. And this, I believe, is going to be one of the picks on draft night. People go, damn. Why did he fall to 12? Um, 12's an interesting pick. It always is, it seems like it. Um, but Devontae Smith is the Heisman winner. I get it. He's six foot, 160 pounds, soaking wet. Looks like you could fold him up in a chair and then take him and put him behind the church steeple. Um, besides all that, he's the Heisman finalist, Offensive Player of the Year, National Champion, this, 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 this. Devontae Smith will give you something that I don't know if Chase and Waddle will give you, and he'll give you heart. He'll wake up every morning. He'll be at that uh, practice camp. He'll be in the gym. He'll be on the football field. He'll be catching footballs. I promise you. I mean, Devontae Smith probably remembers Jalen Hurts, right? I mean, they they were there for at least a year together. So yeah. that's going to reconnection to him. And I promise 
if Devontae Smith goes 12 to the Philadelphia Eagles, the first call he's going to make is going to be to Jalen Hurts and to be like, thanks, man. You know, I'm happy to be back with you. When can we start working? That kid yeah. is a – he's an animal. He will, he will be the wide receiver that the Philadelphia Eagles have been looking for. I agree. I think that he's going to be a star. Just needs to put on a little bit of weight. But he is my number two wide receiver in this draft. And, okay, so now we'll just – Skim over a few. At 13, we have the Chargers taking Christian Darisol. 14, the Vikings taking a lot – or, no, we flip those. 14, we have the Vikings taking Rashawn Slater, who kind of falls here. Really good prospect, kind of falls, but I think he'll be a great fit for them. At 15, in that trade back, we have the Giants taking Elijah Vera Tucker from USC. At 16, yeah. we have who I think is the best corner in the draft, Caleb Farley, going to the Cardinals. It kind of At, repeats the Patrick Peterson, you know, gets you a new one after letting him go. Yes, and now people are saying that he's going to slip out the first round because of medical issues. But remember, this is what we think should happen. All right, at 17, we have another another cornerback off the board, J.C. Horn from South Carolina, lockdown cornerback going to the Raiders. Yes. At 18, we have the Dolphins taking Tevin Jenkins. And I want to talk a little about this next pick, the Washington football team taking Rashad Bateman. He's a Tiff County boy, just a little over an hour from where we are. Yep. And, but he is a really, really good prospect. He's quick, goes up, catches the jump balls very good. He's Really underrated, in my opinion. He could very well turn out to be the best wide receiver in this draft class. He could. Yeah, absolutely. And um, we, we went kind of wide receiver heavy in this draft uh, in our mock, so just to let y'all know. But, I mean, because this is already the fourth wide receiver off the board. Uh, but Washington needs need somebody to complete that trio with Curtis Samuel and Terry McLaurin. And I think mm-hmm. if you give them – that's going to be a scary sight for whichever quarterback they get later and for Fitzpatrick to use this year, you know. Yep, and we actually have eight first-round wide receivers. I just counted up. Yeah. But at 20, we have the Bears taking Elijah Moore. At 21, I want you to talk about this one because this is guy that you watched for the last four years. But let me just tell you, Aziz Ojolori will be possibly the steal of the draft. I'm really high on him. Going, We have him going 21 to the Colts. Edge rusher out of Georgia, I think he's going to be a beast. Give us a little insight on him. Yeah, Aziz is somebody for the last couple of years who's been good. Like, don't get me wrong. I mean, he was always on that defense, but he was kind of overshadowed by, you know, Monty Rice, Richard LeCount, Kobe Dean, Roquan Smith. Um, but this year, Aziz said, okay, I got it. My, my turn. <laughs> and he blew up. Um, the blackout game versus Mississippi State, he had a field day. He was amazing in the Peach Bowl. Um, he versus three sacks. Yeah. I mean, he just had a consistent year all year. He's explosive, can get past any tackle, tight end, whoever they want to put on him, um, can lay the hits out, you know, good, you know, respectable in pass coverage, you know. He's not he's not no, like, wimp when, like, a tight end or somebody lines up against him, you know, and he's got a drop back, um, which is an interesting concept because he does drop back some. I think Aziz is going to be your defensive rookie of the year. And I know I'm a little biased because, like I said, I'm a freshman here at UGA. But like, I don't think that's crazy, and I'm a Florida fan, so I should be hating on him. But, no, I agree. I don't know. Could be. Who's the 
third like this is the second non cornerback off the board defensive wise. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yes, him and Maka, Maka than him. Okay, so Micah's got some questions, all right? And the quarterbacks, I mean, they can win defensive player of the year, but if Aziz has the same year, it's going to go to him. So give me Aziz. Like, I don't – I think this is a great pick. And besides, Indianapolis has a culture of making their defenses win. I mean, look at Darius Leonard. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep, they've got a really good defense and just going to keep building on there. All right, Uh, at number 22, we have the Titans taking Terrace Marshall, Jr., out of LSU. At 23, we have the Jets taking who we thought was the best available player off the board and Jeremiah Wosu-Koromoa. Maybe not the best fit, but the best player off the board there. At number 24, I want you to talk about this one as well, Najee Harris going to the Steelers. I feel like this has kind of been written in stone now, especially since James Conner left. Um, this is going to be really fun. Um Pittsburgh has a history of great running backs. Um, you know, I mean, lack of a better word, there's the bus. There's even Le'Veon Bell, you know, and there's more of the 80s that are just passing by my head right now. But Najee Harris in the black and gold um, is going to be interesting because I think he's going to be that big bruiser back that you see Dick Chubb play. You mm-hmm. see Dick play. And that's turned out well for both of those teams in the Browns and the Titans. And the AFC is loaded. And, like, I mean, think about the AFC North. They have Nick Chubb. They would have Najee Harris. They would have uh, the – oh, my goodness. Who did the Ravens take? Jonathan Taylor? No, he's in Indianapolis. They have a – J.K. Dobbins. J.K. Dobbins, yes. My apologies. Who's going to be, I think, a very good running back upcoming this year. And the Bengals, who have Joe Mixon. Like, they just – and you and, and if Joe Mixon can get an offensive line, that's gonna be scary. Yes, Joe Mixon is a really good back. People don't understand that. He just has no offensive line. That's what I'm saying. So the AFC North has got new quarterbacks. They're up and coming. And like while Pittsburgh can't fix the quarterback issue this year with Ben Ben, let's fix the running back issue and get competitive. Najee's the best running back. He's Derrick Henry 2.0, in my opinion. You see what Tennessee is doing with him. So and like think about it, like how we always argue that Tannehill versus Derrick Henry, mm-hmm. even though even though I might believe Tannehill is more important to that team just because how much he opens the offense for Derrick Henry, T- Tannehill's not like an end all be all quarterback. Yeah, and Big Ben today is not an end all be all quarterback. Mm-hmm. The Titans are really competitive, and if Najee Harris can you know even be half seventy five percent of what Derrick Henry is, we could start to work, you know. Yep. All right, in 25th, we have the Jaguars taking Trevon Moreg, the safety of TCU. At number 26, we have the Browns taking Zayvon Collins, linebacker out of Tulsa. I think At, that's a kid. Yeah. yeah, I really like that kid. Yeah, I do too. At 27, we have the Ravens taking Quiddy Pay, edge rusher out of Michigan. He's kind of fallen a little bit in the draft stocks. So we'll see where he goes. At 28, we have another Florida boy. Uh, at 28, Kadarius Tony going to the Saints. I think that they need another receiver to pair with Michael Thomas, and I think that he's just what they need. A sh- really shifty receiver going to make many plays for him. At- yeah, I, I really like that pick. I think Tony's going to do well, you know, down there with Winston or Hill, whoever lines up at quarterback. Yeah, we'll have to see that. 
At 29, we finally have Aaron Rodgers getting some help. We have Rondell Moore, wide receiver out of Purdue. At 30, we have the Bills taking, I think it's Joseph Asai. I'm not yeah. exactly sure how to say his last name, but Edge out of Texas, and he has shot up a lot of teams' draft boards, I've heard. He could go well yeah. before this, I'm hearing. At 31, we have the Ravens taking center Creed Humphrey out of Oklahoma. And at 32, we have a prospect that I'm really high on, Christian Barmore, defense tackle out of Alabama, going to the Bucks just to even make that defense better. So it's just like we said, it's the but like when you have Alabama by your name, you're a li- you're considered a little bit more higher pedigree, purebred almost, you know, yeah. compared to the other. All right, so that concludes our mock draft. Now, would you like to give us a couple of steals for the draft and maybe even one or two busts? Um, Steal-wise, give me, give me Chuba Hubbard. Uh, I think he's going to be a great running back. I think he's just as, you know, you know, capable as Travis Etienne, Nashi Harris, stuff like that. Um, I think both of those – I think Monty Rice out of Georgia. Like, again, I might sound biased because I am a student here in Athens. But Monty Rice had a phenomenal college career. And we tend to forget that UGA does produce some good linebackers. I mean, we have Jordan Jenkins. We have Jarvis Jones. We have Roquan Smith. We have um, Justin Houston. Like, we produce – we had David Pollock. Um, we um, can t- who was the long-time Panther? Thomas Davis. Thomas Davis, yep. Like, we can turn some guys into some dogs and let them play out there, middle linebacker, outside linebacker. Leonard Floyd. Uh, in the double tree. Double tree, exactly. Like, our linebackers have to be the most, like, I guess, plenty some Georgia position in the, you know, in the NFL right now. And I think Monty Rice can join him, and I think he could be a great steal for somebody in the third round. I agree, and I uh, really like your Chuba Hubbard pick there. I think Chuba's going to be a star. Just people are slipping up on him, and he's fallen to the third or fourth round probably, and I think that's going to be a really big steal. I just need Atlanta to take somebody at running back. Yeah, all right. Uh, just, do you have a bust? Yeah, a bust. Um, I think I think what we had just mentioned, Quiddy Pace followed down a lot of people's boards, and I, I don't trust him. I don't remember Michigan's defense being that good or Michigan they being weren't. that good. Michigan has nothing good. <laughs> As I'm saying, and like and this kid seems to be slipping for a reason. You know, I don't I don't think he can be I don't, I'm pretty sure he's not like super sized, right? He's average, right? I mean, I haven't done much research. Yeah, year. I think he I wanna say he's around six three two fifty, but I could be wrong there. But that sounds about right. I'll look it up real quick. Would he pay? Okay, he's six four two seventy. Okay, it's a little bigger than I thought, but he's nothing impressive. He hasn't impressed me. Not the quickest. He's never not the quickest. I remember them being like, "Would he pay top five pick?" And I'm like, "Whoa, who is this kid?" And I just research him, and he's just not that good. Uh, I think. It's a very risky pick to take him, and I see that. I think that's why he's falling. But he would be my bust if I had to pick one. All right. And my steals of the draft are I'm going with some of the bigger guys that never get enough credit usually. Quinn Miners, offensive guard out of Wisconsin Whitewater. 
Do you remember that, in the that, uh, Senior Bowl yes. that lineman who was just destroying everyone and getting so much credit then? Nobody had ever heard of him. Mm-hmm. This is the guy. Yep. He moves really well. He's 6'3", 320, can play either guard position or center. He's very quick. I think he's going to be a starter somewhere, and I think that's you know going to be a steal. I think he'll be a third, fourth rounder probably out of a no-name school to start for NFL team. I think that's a pretty good steal there. And I also have Pat Fryermuth, the tight end from Penn State. He's kind of fallen behind in the Kyle Pitts shadows. I understand Kyle Pitts is far and away the number one tight end prospect in this draft. But Pat Fryermuth should be your second. He reminds me a lot of George Kittle. He does a lot of blocking, but a really good pass catcher as well. He's 6'5", 260, so really big tight end. I think he's going to be a great prospect somewhere. I think he can be, you know, a TJ Hawkinson type player. And I also have three first-rounders that I already talked about them being, you know, steals, but I think they're even going to be better than that. Christian Barmore, Zizo Jalari, and Rashad Bateman. Yep. And my two – busts I'm gonna go both quarterbacks I'm going Zach Wilson and I'm going Mac Jones I think look I think it's 40 percent 40 something percent of first round quarterbacks taken actually produce and the others are busts and so out of the top five quarterbacks in this draft three are likely to fail and two only to succeed. And I'm picking Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields to succeed with a possible Trey Lance. I think Zach Wilson and Mac Jones are going to be busts. Yeah, and like that's not a bad, you know, progression, you know. I don't know. It just seems like a little bland pick there, Bryson, but it's all right. <laughs> I can't be bad. Yeah. All right. Well, you got any closing remarks or anything about the draft left? I want to know who, if you're New York at 33, who are you taking? Who's the next best player? On the we board? talked about it last night. I think it's exactly what you said, probably Travis Etienne. Yep. I think that's the right answer. His betting line going overall is 32 and a half. So I think that he will fall to 33. So pick the over 32 yeah. and a half if you're betting on that. But. He the, They still need lots of offensive weapons, and I think he'd be a great fit there. Yep. All right, well, that concludes our segment, and we're ready to watch the draft tomorrow. So uh, any closing remarks? I don't have any. Um, yep, that's all I got. All right, well, go Braves. Go Braves.